This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cattles is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston and claim your $200 bonus. Also, we are brought to you by Indeed. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed.com slash Bedard. Greg, happy to be back and uh, talking Patriots football with you. Let's start with the headlines. And, of course, everybody is talking about Mac Jones. Uh, the report, as you say, that shall go unnamed has been mentioned an awful lot. Lots of people talking, lots of people tweeting. What are you hearing? Yeah, so, you know, if you're not going to credit people for 15-hour scoops, then, you know, you can go pound nails and people can go find your stuff. If you're going to be petty about stuff from years ago, like a child, then you're not going to get credit. People can figure it out on their own. Um, so, uh, you know, here's the deal. So, you know, there's this report that uh, I guess the Patriots have, or Belichick, the Patriots have been shopping Mac Jones, not sure about the teams, but these are the teams that they, that you would think would be in the market for it. Um, I've talked to two of the teams that were identified in that report. Both of them have no idea what they're talking about, that they, they're, they have not had any of those discussions. I talked to two different sources in the building at one Patriot place, and both of them had sort of the same reaction, um, which was, uh, first I've heard of it. Like, I, like, it would surprise me. I mean, I I don't know. I haven't heard anything about this. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of fire to this smoke. Um, I will add that the Patriots and, um, you know, there are various sort of segments made up of the Patriots in terms of the, the front-facing franchise when it comes to the media uh, were given ample opportunity, I'm sure by multiple outlets, certainly by me, to come out strongly and refute this report, and they have not. Um, and they know how that looks. It's not a good look. And it basically gives credence to the report that they will not come out and knock it down. So, you know, what do I think is at play? What do I think is true? Um, I think this really boils down to um, that Belichick is – throwing a bit of a tamper tantrum against Robert Kraft. It's been sort of a slow build, and this is what you get um, when you don't make changes when you can, like Kraft could have made a change after this past season, considering that the entire season went down the twos because of Bill Belichick's uh, decision to put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in charge of the offense, which everyone but Bill Belichick thought was going to be a complete disaster and was. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, Kraft went in that final meeting and or the meeting after the season. And, um, you know, Bill said the right things. He said what he said. Now, at this point, has a look. He said what he knew Robert needed to hear, that he could just get beyond this and then Bill could go do his thing like he's always done. And that's the way this offseason has gone, where he said the right things. Bill said, OK, fine, you can put out that rep that press release. Notice they haven't followed up on that in terms of Gerard Mayo's contract or 
you know, what have you on, you know, they didn't have an offensive coordinator search. It was Bill O'Brien and a bunch of position coaches who, could, who couldn't do the job even if they wanted to. Um, ever since that point, Bill's done exactly what he's wanted to do, you know, except, yeah, and, and it still looks embarrassing to him what happened last year. And so I think he's, Mac Jones has been made out the scapegoat. I think that Bill's annoyed by some things that Mac did last year. I think he would like to entertain moving on from him, but he knows the owner is not going to let him do that. And I think that the chances of Mac Jones at least not starting the year as the Patriots starting quarterback, I would peg it about 3%. Um, Bill knows that, but he's still going to throw a temper tantrum trying to show that, hey, I still have leverage. I still have this. But at the end of the day, Kraft has all the leverage. You know, this is a lot like this. This It's funny that now Bill is getting the Brady treatment. The same treatment that Brady got when Garoppolo was here, you know, now Bill's in Brady's shoes. And now Gerard Mayo is Garoppolo. And, and you know, Kraft favors Mayo and all that stuff. And I think all this stuff is intertwined. And I think, look, I, I don't think they're really shopping him. Maybe it was mentioned at some point a long time ago, hey, would you have any interest in that? I think it's been overstated. and But I, I bottom line is, I don't think Mac's going anywhere. This is dumb. And Bill's got to grow up and get on with coaching the football team. I think it's obvious. There's been this uh, tit for tat between Kraft and Belichick now for a little while. And if, if anybody looks at this relationship and thinks it's all hunky-dory, they haven't been paying attention, or they just want to be ignorant to what's been said and how things have played out at certain times. And, and I agree with you. This is one of those, you know, tit for tat things. This is Bill's counter to Kraft coming out and waxing poetic about Mac and Phoenix. Th this is what I feel is what's happening is the pushback from Bill Belichick's side, which is, yeah, well, you know, the owner comes out and says he loves the quarterback. Let, let's knock this quarterback down a peg or two and make sure that people know that we're not necessarily in love with this guy. And some of the things that he did last year angered us. And we don't think, that some of the things that he did were professional, whether you agree or not, whether Greg and I agree or not, doesn't matter. If Belichick saw Mac Jones talking to his Alabama coaches and some other coaches he's had in the past as a slight to him and his staff, then he's going to hold on to that. You know, Bill's not necessarily a guy that's just going to move on and say, all right, no, everything is fine. I think Mac Jones in the eyes of Bill Belichick is still in the prove it to me category. Prove he it to me on the yeah, prove it to me on the field, prove it to me off the field. And, you know, Bill last July could not stop waxing poetic about Mac and how great things were with the quarterback and how he worked so hard in the offseason and blah, 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 blah. And then there was this obvious shift. And the obvious shift came along with Bailey Zappi and, and that whole debacle that happened on Monday Night Football. So I think this is the continuance of the story of Belichick versus Kraft. Kraft trying to let the fans know that he sees things are not going great. He obviously does not feel comfortable pulling the trigger and firing Belichick just yet. After the last three or four years, he wants to give it a little bit more time. I do feel like this is it for Bill this season. He has to prove it or he's going to be done. And I find it fascinating, Greg, that, you know, the quarterback and the head coach are in a similar situation right now. Mac has to prove it yep. to Belichick, the football world. Meanwhile, Belichick has to prove it to Robert Kraft that he is still capable of running the ship the way that Kraft wants him to run the ship. So it's one of those things that even though the quarterback of the head coach might not be seeing eye to eye right now, 
it is absolutely 100% unequivocally in their best interest to get on the same page by training camp because they need each other and they need to win football games. The other part I completely, of the- I, I completely agree, Nick. I think, and, and I wrote this in my column, I think this past weekend where, you know, I said, look, this is, we all know this is a referendum on Bill this season. He's doing, he's building the team exactly how he would have done it 20 years ago. Damn the changes to the game itself. And to me, and if this doesn't go well and look right as of right now on paper, how it looks in the gambling markets, the Patriots are the worst team in the AFC East. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, you know, something will happen, injuries, whatever, you know, who knows what Tua does. But, you know, you look at it, if if they do finish last, which is probably a losing record, I have a hard time seeing Bill back for, you know, another season, which would mean another season to get to Shula. And so to me, at some point in time, Belichick's going to wake up and realize um, – no matter how difficult I make this for Robert or how much of a pain in the ass, um, you know, even though I, 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 there's still a lot of time left in this off season, I kind of have my popcorn, like who, who knows? I mean, you know, like I said, uh, we talked about before the start of free agency. And I was like, is Bill trying to get fired? Costanza style. I don't know. He's, he's off to a blazing start, but if he wants to, if he wants to go out in a blaze of glory, at least for this season, he's got to know he's linked to Mac Jones. Like he, if Bill wants to do what he wants to do, he has to do right by Mac Jones. That's clear from what the owner, how the owner has talked on and off the record. No doubt about it. And the timing of the story is interesting. That's the last thing I'll say about it. Because yeah. if you think the circumstances, you bring in Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is seen as a quote-unquote Mac guy, whether or not that's, that's true. He is seen as hey, Bill O'Brien could really work with Mac and make Mac better. And, and this was all in the idea of developing Mac, the development that did not happen last season because of the Fakakta plan by Belichick, which backfired in tremendously horrible fashion. Now you try to get the young quarterback back on the rails. So you bring O'Brien in. Would O'Brien work with the next quarterback? Who is the next quarterback if Mac is traded? You've had a lot of QB movement already. You've had guys like Baker Mayfield sign elsewhere, Marcus Mariota sign elsewhere. You, of course, have had Jimmy G sign in Vegas. So you have the Aaron Rodgers thing happening with the Jets right now. So if you were going to earnestly shop your quarterback and get him moving, I just feel like these talks would have had more heat behind them to this point. I understand the idea of wait until you get to the draft and see what happens and what shakes out. But if you really want to address your quarterback position, you address it ASAP in the offseason. You, you don't wait a month or two. These conversations happen, and you have to have a plan. You're not just going to throw somebody into the mix, especially given what we just talked about with Belichick. If this is his last season to prove it to RKK, is he going to want to prove it with Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? or J like So it just the timing of it isn't great. And I will always ask this question when people want to get rid of the quarterback because it still has been and always will be the sexy topic, getting rid of the quarterback, right? The most popular guy on the team is the backup quarterback is the old adage. If you're moving on from Mac Jones, who replaces him? Do we have the Zappiites again showing up and we have to go through oh that? God. Is it is it a draft pick? Do you honestly believe that Bill's going to leave this big of a season uh, on the shoulders of, of a draft pick, a rookie? I don't. Who's out there in free agency? Pretty much nobody. 
Lamar Jackson, we'll talk about him maybe a little bit later, but I think as Greg's reported last week, there's been water thrown on that. So who the hell replaces him? Like even in theory, even if you want to move on from Mac Jones, who are you bringing in? And I, I'm not telling you that Mac Jones is a top 10 quarterback. Neither is Greg. We've, we've said we think he's a starting quarterback in the league. We think he has some traits that could lead him to be a franchise quarterback. But, you know, even even replacing a guy, say, in the in the top, you know, 15 to 20 isn't the easiest thing in the NFL, especially when the head coach has all of these questions circulating around him and his ass might be on the line. So I just I just I don't I don't see it. Nick, another story. Nick, let me ask you. Let me ask you this, because I was just having this thought. OK, sure. put your say you're the owner of the Patriots. OK, yeah. and Bill Belichick is the coach. And what happened happened. OK, you know, he had he had earned the right to do what he did, wanted to do last year with the coaching staff, even though it made no sense to anybody. Um, you know, if Bill, if I say I was the owner and then I want to get your take, if if I were the owner, Bill came to me and he was pissed about the year, pissed about the quarterback and wanted to do like X, Y and Z at the quarterback position. If I were the owner, I would tell Bill. Hell no, no, you are not. You are not doing this. We drafted that guy in the first round. He had promised his first year. You screwed him up last year. He gets one more year with a real offensive coordinator that I hired with a real offensive line coach. We'll see if that guy works out. But you have to at least give it this year. Like, you can do whatever you want in terms of getting a developmental guy like a Hendon Hooker or something like that in the draft or whatever, even if it's like Will Levis. I don't know, in the first round. Like, you want to do something like that? Fine. But for this year... It's Mac Jones. You got to put it all back together again, uh, and that's the way I feel. I don't know how how you feel. What would you tell Bill off coming off this season if he was throwing a temper tantrum and wanted to make moves at quarterback? You know, it's a fascinating question, and it's a difficult position for Kraft, obviously, because you do have the last twenty plus years, and we keep talking about it. Where you know the 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 Brady era, post Brady era. You know, what happened, the COVID year, how much do you play into it? All those things, right? And what I would say to Bill is, look, I I agreed with the whole Cam Newton thing. I gave it the Cam Newton, Jared Stidham experiment. It didn't work out. We drafted Mac Jones. First year, as you said, Greg, rookie season. He had a good rookie year. He showed some promise. And instead of developing this guy, we screwed everything up. You screwed everything up. And... I tend to agree with you, Greg, where, you know, you give Mac another year. Look, the quarterback position, as we all know, is the most crucial position in the NFL. And it's not just because of what they do on the field. Financially, it is the biggest decision that you make as a football franchise, period, end of sentence, because there's there's two ways to build a team. And I tweeted this last week when when all the Lamar Jackson stuff came out. You either have an elite quarterback and you say, we're going to pay that guy just buttloads of money. We're going to back up the Brinks truck. We're going to give him $45 million a year. We're going to give him, you know, $150 to $175 million guaranteed. He's the guy, a la Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, et cetera. Or you go the cheaper quarterback route, and you surround that cheaper quarterback with a bunch of weapons, right? Tua Tungavailoa, um, Brock Purdy out in San Francisco. That's the other route that you can take. Now, the perfect the perfect scenario is a Cincinnati scenario where you have the elite quarterback on the rookie contract. That is the magic. That's when you can really do damage and you can become one of those, you know, legitimate contenders year after year. 
here's my thing. If I, if I was Kraft to Belichick, I would say, well, okay, I understand you want to move on from Mac, but what is your plan? Because if you're going to move on from Mac Jones and you're going to give me another young quarterback, are you surrounding that young quarterback with, with legitimate talent? Are you going out and are you trading for Jerry Judy? Are you going out and trading for DeAndre Hopkins? Are you going out and signing Odell Beckham Jr.? Are you going to go out and give give the guy at least a, a legitimate bona fide starting offensive tackle? What are you doing in the draft? H- how are we how are we spending those draft assets, Bill? What's the draft capital look like? Are we supplementing our young quarterback? Because if you don't bring back an elite quarterback in return, then you best surround him with the weapons that he needs. And that's my issue with this entire thing. Look, if you want to move on to Lamar Jackson, then I I understand. Like, he's an elite quarterback. You might think he's great, whatever, right? Okay, then you went out and you got the big fish. And the rest of the team is going to have to be fit around that payment structure for the next several years. But if you're not interested in Lamar or you don't want to pay Lamar the money, but you're also not willing to surround Mac Jones with a legitimate you know, wide receiver one with a guy that is, you know, you know who I'm talking about, the Jamar Chases of the world, those guys. If you're not willing to give Mac one of those toys to play with, and if you're not willing to build other parts of your team to be elite, I'm not talking top 10 defense. I'm talking San Francisco, top defense in football, top two defense in football. Then you're you're giving me a half measure. You're sitting on the fence because you're not giving me the elite quarterback, but you're also not, you know, supplementing Mac Jones with as much as you could supplement him with because you're playing cap games and you're doing business as usual. So maybe Bill, you know, if if I were RKK, that's what I would say is, okay, if we want to move on from the quarterback position, what is your plan in entirety? And if I don't agree with that philosophy, we have to sit down, we have to have a conversation. And I I, I think this is. Look, Bill Belichick is in a position, right, where he's going to prove to the world that he's right or prove to the world that he's wrong. If they don't, they still have time. If they don't go out and add a Hopkins, if they don't go out and add a Jerry Judy, if they don't draft, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State or Zay Flowers, and if they don't make a move that adds this wide receiver core and they go into the season with what they have, this is Bill against the world. This is Bill saying, my way still works. I don't need an elite quarterback. I don't need a good quarterback with a bunch of weapons a la Tua down in Miami. I need 53 men balance across the roster. It worked 10 years ago. It worked 20 years ago. And I believe it's going to work in 2023. And if he ends up being right, I'll be the first in line giving that man a clap and a standing ovation and saying, you know what? He spit in the face of the entire NFL and said, I have my way and my way still works. But if it goes wrong, then he's a stubborn coach that has aged getting closer out of the league and made several mistakes over the past few years to lead up to that point. That's what I would say, Uh, which I think leads us to, uh, before we get to Gerard Mayo, let's, let's talk about our friends at FanDuel. You mentioned the, uh, the over-unders happening. Look, I was a big fan when I was in Virginia and I was allowed to use FanDuel not out here in California, but when I was in VA, I was big on future bets. I was big on the over-unders for the season win totals. I was big on some of the individual statistics of the players. I don't want to talk starting rotation right now. So uh, Raft talked about Gerard Mayo recently, Greg, and he used the term for the first time regarding Mayo as the heir apparent. What'd you make of it? So, um, 
this is a little bit um, of a circular thing. But anyways, this this was at the league meetings, okay? And uh, Kraft had just finished it up with a group where you saw him, the video, the quotes, all that stuff. After that, he went over to the NFL Network tent uh, to sit with Judy Batista, veteran reporter, used to be at the New York Times. Um, and uh, that was, as he was on his way over there, Robert stopped by to talk to me. And that's when we talked about the cash comment. And he said, hang on, I want to talk about that after I'm done here. So I stood off to the side while he does this interview. They were taping an interview. It wasn't going live. And, you know, I was half paying attention, half checking my phone or whatever. And at one point, I heard Robert Kraft use the phrase heir apparent in in regards to Gerard Mayo, which I was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, I said, I'll, you know, I'll be interested to see that whole interview and what led up to it and the context and stuff like that. And so you know, it kind of got lost in the weeds a little bit. I figured it might pop up and, you know, other people might report it. If it's on there, that's kind of like big news. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, I want to circle back on that. And I Googled it. And the only evidence of Kraft saying these words were in an NFL.com article about the interview. And they gave the quote correctly. And it, it, But that's it. There's no video. And so I reached out to people over at NFL Network, and I'm like, what's the deal? Where is this? I want to watch this video. And they're like, it hasn't aired. I mean, they they aired a portion of the inter- interview right up until the Gerard Mayo portion of it. Uh, it but they, they didn't run the – and it's only f- five, six minutes long, the interview. You know, a powerful member of the TV committee and stuff like that. I mean, NFL Network, it's they got nothing going on except draft shows right now. And uh, I was told it was supposed to air yesterday, or at least it looked like it was going to air yesterday, but it did not. Judy Batista was just on at 1.15, and she, again, said what Kraft said about Mayo and Air Apparent and stuff like that, but still no video, like, which is, I'm sorry, it's weird. And it sounds like, so basically, with during the interview, Batista used the phrase Air Apparent first. Okay. And I've seen the video. Somebody sent it to me. I've seen it. I can't publish it. Um, it's their property. I can't do that. But Judy says, you kept Gerard Mayo and uh, you've talked a lot about your respect for him and your admiration and the fact that you don't think there's any ceiling on his career and that he will be a head coach. Do you view him as the heir apparent to Bill Belichick as the, at, at the Patriots? Okay. So Judy has used the phrase heir apparent. It's quite easy for Robert Kraft to say, I don't know about that. That's some time off. We have a pretty good coach. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. We have some good candidates on staff, you know, Bill O'Brien, you know, what you know, uh, whatever. Um right. easily easily you could easily dance around that. But Kraft doesn't do that. He says, Well, he's definitely a strong candidate to be the heir apparent. Okay, but we have some other good people in our system, too. So right now we have a good head coach and we're doing everything we can to support him and make sure we do everything we can to win. So Kraft didn't steer away from the heir apparent contract. It would have been a comment. It would have been very easy, easy for him to do. He steered to me. He steered right into it. And for the first time, I mean, he didn't have to use the words. I think that's why I think. Somebody from the Patriots was monitoring the interview, heard him use the words, 
and didn't want the sound bite in the video of him saying heir apparent Gerard Mayo in the same sentence. And it's right. out there because they can't quite bury it because there are reporters like me around. But there's no video for them to play. I think this was a deliberate act. Um, I don't know how significant it is, but I do think it fits into the whole fabric of what we're talking about. The whole Kraft, Belichick dynamic, where Bill is, why Mayo is here, why he turned down head coach interviews. I think it's all intertwined. And I do think that Kraft, while he hasn't told Gerard Mayo he's the heir apparent, has walked right up to that line with Mayo. And and there's a sense of we're giving Bill this year to see if he can get things back on the track, like we talked about with the 2024 discussion. But if it doesn't go well, you're the guy. I, th- I don't know if he's quite told him that, but I think he's gone right up to the line with that. I think it's all related, too. I agree with you. Uh, when we talk about the Belichick craft tit for tat, I think this is another counter from RKK, his ability to kind of throw Mayo out there to so Bill knows, hey, look, I mean, I think Bill knows anyway, but it's it's just another reminder of if you continue to slip, we've got a guy in-house. We love this guy, and we don't want to lose this guy. So if there is any more slippage, Bill, love what you did with the program for 20-plus years. Can't thank you enough. You'll go down as the greatest coach of all time, yada, yada, yada but it's time to move forward with Gerard Mayo. I also wonder if Kraft and the Patriots were concerned about Kraft saying this publicly on camera and how the league would react to that because, of course, uh, there are certain protocols you have to follow when it comes to hiring people and interview process and all of that. Yeah, they can't do that. They can't name them there, apparently. They can't do that. So I I think it's it's probably also that, which is Mm -hmm. we don't want this public – uh, for, for public consumption. And I would imagine they hoped that this thing would have slid by, but you know, Greg was on it and it did not slide by. So I think they're trying to protect themselves as well. Uh, that's part of it. That's right. I don't watch. Um, before we get to uh, our BSJ member question of the day and, and Greg's annual rant about draft visits and contacts, <laughs> I just want to, I want to say two things about the Lamar Jackson thing. Uh, first of all, just to add some context, because I know people are in the New England vacuum and they should be in the New England vacuum because that's what they care about and what they're passionate about. I'm in a position to kind of keep an eye on a lot of different things as well out here in Sacramento. And a couple of things. Nobody really knows what Lamar Jackson's contract demands are. I know people keep throwing out $200 million guaranteed. I know people keep throwing out Deshaun Watson. He wants more than Deshaun Watson had and all that from, from Jimmy Haslam. It's never really come out what he wants. You know, everybody figures it's around $200 million guaranteed, but there's been no word about structure because, you know, a couple of things. Lamar doesn't have an agent, which I think has really screwed things up here. And also, you know, it's tough to, to have owners on record saying anything about contracts. Uh, the other thing I would say regarding the financial part of this, a lot of people are, are you know, looking at Deshaun's deal. The deal I look at is actually Kyler Murray's. And so if you mm-hmm. wanted to bring in Lamar Jackson, like everybody's kind of wrapped up in this, oh, well, the, the Browns screwed up play, paying Watson what they did. And they did. The, Jimmy Haslam's a clown. Terrible contract. He blew everybody out of the water because he was desperate to find a big-name quarterback. But Russell Wilson signed for $161 million guaranteed. It was really Arizona who screwed some teams up too because Arizona jumped in and gave Kyler Murray just under $190 million guaranteed. So 
that Kyler Murray contract gives Lamar Jackson more to stand on because he could point towards Kyler and say, well, he's making 190, 190 million. I need 200 million. It'd be a tougher jump from 161 to 200. So the Arizona Cardinals did not do any favors for the rest of the league either at the quarterback position. And finally, it all ties into Belichick's history. Like, you know, I know you go back to like 2010 and they gave Brady what was called the richest contract at the time. But Belichick, as we know, his long history, he doesn't like paying a gigantic portion of the salary cap to the quarterback position. And so, you know, if you're bringing Lamar in, that's what you're going to do. And you're also giving up assets. So really the the fascinating part of it, Greg, and I didn't hear a lot of people say this last week. The, the fascinating part to me is you've got a big decision to make on Mac after this season. And, you know, are the Patriots willing to pay Mac Jones $35 million a year? Or do you just say, screw it and bite the bullet and go out and get a Lamar Jackson and pay him $45 million a year? That, that's really what you're looking at. And that's, that's going to be, to me, the compelling decision made. Is Mac Jones good enough to justify making that kind of money or are you going back into the draft pool or finding another way to acquire a quarterback? So there's a lot to be decided here. All right, Greg, your, uh, your annual rant against the draft visits and contacts quickly. What do you got? Oh, I was just, you know, we talk about this every year, but there's always reports, especially this dead time between free agency and the draft. And everybody's like, oh, you know, what? the Patriots had this contact with this team. They're bringing in for a top 30 visit, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. Like, it's just information gathering. The overwhelming majority of the top 30 visits, that's when you get 30 visits where you can host a draft prospect. You only get 30. The rest of the league knows. You have to report it to the other teams. So the other teams know exactly who the Patriots are looking at, um, which you know Bel- Belichick knows and is going to screw with that. And, you know, an um, um, overwhelming majority of them are going to be underclassmen because – you can't talk to them at all-star games. It's really just the draft, the pro day, you know, the Zooms. There's a lot of Zooms going on this time of year. And the top 30 visits, you know, there's also medical checks for some of the guys. But I was just looking back at, um, I think it's, uh, you know, over at 98.5, um, you know, what's his name? Uh, they love doing this stuff. I forget what his name is. Uh uh, Doloff, Matt Doloff loves, he, he does a great job. He puts together a blog with all these contacts and all this stuff. And I was just going through it. And some of the guys we talked about last year that the Patriots that we, we wanted the Patriots to maybe look at like Devin Lloyd, Quay Walker, Trent McDuffie, Kier Elam, all these guys, like some of them were top 30 visits, blah, blah, blah. The only, they only drafted two Jamison Williams you know, Chris Olave, they talked to like all these guys, they, they have contacts with everybody. They only drafted two guys that they had, that had reported contact with the Patriots that I see. And I haven't looked through the whole list, Jack Jones and Marcus Jones. That was it. Like it wasn't, I don't think, uh, you know, their top draft picks. I don't think they were out. Cole strange. I don't think there was anything linking them to Cole strange. So it, it doesn't, yeah. Cole strange is not on the list. Um, so there's no rhyme or reason to any of this stuff. It's just Tycon Thornton also not on the list. Their first two picks last year, they had no reported contact with them. That's more likely than anything. Nate Soldier, there was nothing when they drafted him in the first round. So 
It's just none of this stuff makes any difference. People are just, it's just clickbait stuff. They're looking for stuff. People will click. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. A BSJ member of the question, uh, member question of the day, Greg, what do you got? So this is from RH Langan. Uh, this is sort of uh, on topic to what we were talking about before. Greg, I know you've been skeptical of the idea that BB deliberately got rid of players who actively dissented about the disastrous disastrous coaching last year, and certainly Kendrick Bourne still being on the team discounts that argument. Yeah, we'll see how long he is. Uh, but since it feels like the only thing BB has been proactive about this season is slinging mud at Mac Jones, it doesn't seem like a huge step to conclude he's just digging in his heels uh, in spite it, it, to spite everyone, Mac, Kraft, the fans, etc. The way you wrote this column makes me think that you got some confirmation that your speculation about 2024 has some merit, but maybe Kraft should have taken a page from Bill's book about being a year early rather than a year late. Uh, good points by RH there. Uh, I haven't gotten any confir confirmation. I will say nobody's come up to me and be like, Bernard, what are you talking about? This is normal for us. Like what we're doing this or what we're doing in 2024. Uh, I just think, you, you know, like we talked about earlier, I think you put together the whole landscape, you know, and the sound bites, especially from Robert. And, you know, I don't know. I think you put it all together with 2024 and that so much cap space and not a lot of people signed and there's people to sign to extensions. You got the fifth year option on the quarterback next year. Like, I think it's, I think Bill is on his third strike now. And now everyone's just waiting to see what he does this year. He's doing it the way he wants to do with it, uh, the way he wants to do it. We'll see if it works. It could. I don't know. And then he triumphs and he can do whatever he wants. But uh, I think I think more people are skeptical at this point that Bill knows exactly what he's doing and that it's going to be successful. And so I think it's good on the crafts to be like, okay, Bill, we'll give you one more chance. And you can do whatever you want to do other than the quarterback. But we reserve the right to, to make a choice after the season, just letting you know. That's where I think they are. This episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up now at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Claim your $200 bonus. We'll keep an eye on everything, of course. Listening to us, watching us on YouTube. Make sure you give us that thumbs up. Subscribe as well. Uh, we will keep an eye on everything. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Be good, be safe, be healthy. And Greg and I will be back next week to talk more Patriots.